Welcome to AZ Politicast. I'm Steve Goldstein. Arizona's 2024 U.S. Senate race is going to be fascinating. Incumbent Senator Kirsten Sinema left the Democratic Party to become an independent. Congressman Ruben Gallego is expected to be the Democratic nominee, and that could leave an open, if not wide open, path for the Republican nominee. If that candidate can appeal to independents and not run a scorched earth campaign focused on claiming widespread voter fraud was the reason Joe Biden won the state in 2020. A wholly inaccurate assertion, but one that a healthy percentage of Republicans seem to believe. So who is that potentially successful GOP Senate nominee? Writer and analyst John Gabriel says it could be the candidate who lost to Mark Kelly last year, Blake Masters. He was reaching out to voters who might not vote for a MAGA person, but also might not have ever voted for a Republican. I'll find out more about why Gabriel believes in Masters as AZ Politicast starts now. John Gabriel is editor-in-chief of Ricochet.com and a regular contributor to AZ Central. His recent column included a conclusion that surprised a lot of people, that Blake Masters could be the best choice for a Republican Party wanting to reclaim the U.S. Senate seat currently held by Kirsten Sinema. Since I count myself among those surprised, I asked Gabriel whether he actually believed what he'd written, that he was impressed, and that Masters would be a good choice for the GOP for a second time. Yeah, I actually was impressed as his campaign went on. He had a lot of early stumbles. He was, of course, defined very negatively by the huge war chest that Mark Kelly spent um, blasting him. Um, But I think on the stump, he kept getting better and better. And also, he was one of the few candidates, it seems like, I guess, along with Kimberly Yee, uh, who is a Republican and didn't declare war on a big chunk of the Republican Party. So it's uh, kind of damning with faint praise, but for a politician not to be utterly despised by a big chunk of their own base is kind of a rarity in Arizona. Now, (laughs) the Republicans really like attacking each other and, oh, you you McCain people, you're the devil. And then, oh, you MAGA people, you're nuts. Um, He seemed (laughs) to be one of the few candidates who says, actually, I'd like all your votes. Knowing how precinct committee meetings go and knowing that many of the people traditionally who would vote in a Republican primary are going to be more conservative or more in the the Trump MAGA camp. Are there going to be enough people in the Republican Party who are actively involved, not just Republican voters, but actively involved, who can get people to think about this and say, listen, if it's Cinema and Gallego, we have a really, really good chance here if we just nominate a conventional conservative. Yeah, there definitely should be. And I think although they're uh, keeping their powder dry and being a little more quiet than people like Carrie Lake and her more um, eager supporters, um, I think a lot of Republicans in the state are just saying, look, we're tired of losing. And uh, (laughs) this rhetoric, it simply doesn't win. Even if in their heart of hearts, they believe the election was stolen and I don't know, the globalists are trying to take over the Arizona state capitol, whatever it is this week, enough of them are saying, look, I want to win. Um, that That's what I'm looking at right now and not worrying about these boutique issues that frankly don't appeal to most Republican voters, let alone uh, the huge independent vote here in Arizona. A third of Arizonans, uh, Arizona voters are independent and uh, Republicans need those votes if they want to be competitive ever again in the state. Do you get the impression that Blake Masters has a taste for this again so soon? I mean, obviously, he's a young man. He can probably run many, many more times. But do you think after, you think he's still licking his wounds from 2022? Or does he legitimately want to try this again right now? Or maybe try something else for a little while and come back? 
Yeah, I think um, that he got the bug. I don't know him. I certainly haven't. Ta- I've never talked with him before. Mm-hmm. Um, but just from the outside, he seems like a person who realizes, look, I've been on the stump forever, spending some time with my family. People are tired of seeing my face because I'm a politician and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> voters don't want uh, people in their face 24-7. And I think that's a mistake some of the other losing candidates are making here is just constant drama, keeping up the pressure nonstop. Uh, people are tired of that. Uh, they want to get a couple things done. And so it seemed like he was really enjoying himself again at the end of the campaign when he was very solid on the stump. And um, as I mentioned before, he was reaching out to voters who might not vote for a mega person, but also might not have ever voted for a Republican. And to me, that's how he stood out in the election. And yes, he lost and he lost big. But if you have uh, Democrats and independents fighting between Gallego and Kirsten Cinema, I think Republicans have a very good chance. They just need to pick a person who uh, does not aggravate and spark hatred among a huge part of Republicans, which uh, so many candidates do these days in that side of the political fence. For years, we've talked about how the Democrats in Arizona had no bench. And it certainly looks that way when you lose a lot of races. Now, maybe it looks like they have a bench because they won a few of the big ones. When you look at the Republican possibilities for U.S. Senate this time around, you know, referring back to your column with Blake Masters, is he the one who can be in that that so-called lane that is not necessarily kissing Donald Trump's ring? Because a lot of people, myself included, thought that maybe Brnovich should have tried that in the last race, and he didn't, and he became MAGA light, and then there was no lane for him. Yeah, and I think a lot of people tried to straddle that difference and did it very poorly. I think you need to be honest about what your beliefs are, um, but also, you know, being open about it and talking about what voters care about. If Blake Masters or any other Republican can focus on the issues people care about, hey, um, you know, I don't know if the election was a few months ago, why are my eggs so expensive? Why am I paying so much for gas? If you talk about issues that people actually care about and not dimpled chads or the 2020 equivalent of that, you're going to get voters. People want changes, but they also want someone who will go to Washington, work with both sides and get something accomplished for the state. Water issues is huge. There's a lot of very important issues going on in Arizona that we need somebody to work on going forward. And if they're just playing to the Newsmax green room, I was going to say Fox News, but they're kind of um, (laughs) disliked now. But um, if you're just playing to Twitter and uh, various hardcore conservative green rooms, uh, you're not going to get anything done. Uh, We want somebody in there getting work done. And cinema, whether you agree with her or not, from the left or the right, she is getting stuff done. It might not be what everybody likes, but she's working hard and um, she's putting in the hours. She's burning the uh, the late night oil here. And I think any Republican who wants to do that has to be a serious person who's willing to put in hard work and uh, work with everyone there on Capitol Hill to represent people in Arizona, because we need some more voices over there, whatever party they belong to. Typically, presidential election years are good for Democratic turnout, but how much of a factor is who's at the top of the Democratic ticket and the top of the Republican ticket is to see whether that seat changes hands. I think Blake Masters would have a much tougher time if Trump is at the top of the ticket. Um, 
boy, nobody can inspire voters like Trump and it doesn't help Trump. <laughs> so I think Democrats will be coming out in droves if Trump is the GOP pick and he's leading in the polls now primary wise. So we will see. Um, as far as Kirsten Cinema, I think uh, if you don't get as many kind of hardcore ideological Democrats, I think she has a very good chance because the thing is, when she was in the House of Representatives, when she was uh, a more Arizona-based state figure politically, people just like her. You know, it's just like, okay, yeah, even if she would say stuff that seemed too far or she was too progressive or too moderate, whatever your viewpoint was, people just like her. And I'm just thinking of all the, I don't know, McCain fans, but also the people who just don't want to tune into politics 24-7. And it's like, oh, okay, she seems like she has her head on straight. She's not involved in any scandals. Yeah, I could live with her for another six years. Well, John, briefly then, talking about cinema being likable, though, the recent piece in the New York Times, uh, she certainly comes across as someone who gets things done. And yet some of the basis of that piece was, well, some of her big allies have now left her behind. Yeah, and I think those are the activist people, um, especially as I look at politics. If my favorite candidate in the early stages of a primary, um, they'll always get like half of 1% of a vote because I'm, you know, kind of look at it. What's their political philosophy? How would they square with Calvin Coolidge? You know, I, I get way too into this stuff and I have to talk to my neighbors, talk to my longtime friends, talk to family members, none of whom really follow politics closely other than I like that lady or ah, that guy's annoying. And uh, that really gives you a better feel of what people on the street will end up voting for. If it's someone they want to see on their local news, um, you know, once a week, um, they're more likely to vote for that person. And it's not about what's your position on the omnibus bill of 2021. It's, oh, okay, they seem like they're working hard and they care about Arizona, so I'm going to support them. So, um, and that's why Blake Masters really just has to, early on, people are like, oh, he's weird, he's off-putting. Mm -hmm. Again, towards the end of the campaign, he was firing on all cylinders and he was, he was a normal guy, smart guy, working hard. Um, if he's willing to be that guy and rushing out there to get the votes, um, I think people will be far more accepting of him running a second time. Well, it was a fascinating column, and I think a lot of people probably shook their heads, but it's always worth talking to John Gabriel, <laughs> editor-in-chief of ricochet.com, contributor to AZ Central, and king of stuff. John, thanks of for course. catching up with me. It's been a while. Great to talk with you. Thanks. Great chatting with you, Steve. Thank you. And now it's time for the segment we're calling It's Not Personal, It's Politics. One of my questions to John Gabriel referenced the bench and whether Republicans and Democrats in Arizona actually have it. That's the lineup of up-and-comers who haven't been elected to a major office yet, but could be just one step away from the higher part of the political ladder. The recent embarrassing NBA playoff loss by the Suns has been attributed to a lengthy list of shortcomings, including depth. Lack of depth is another way of saying the team didn't have a good bench. Players who could make a couple of shots, not turn the ball over, and play solid defense. Now, by the time Game 6 against Denver came around this year, the Suns were down to two major contributors, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. I'm hoping the leaders at the top of the organization, owner Matt Ishbia in particular, make the right decisions in acquiring new players who are compatible with Booker and Durant and who perform at a high level, whether it's for 5 minutes or 20. Now, an NBA team has options, within reason and as long as it doesn't violate the confusing salary cap rules. The Suns could 
and will sign free agents. The Suns could and probably will trade some of their players, even a starter like DeAndre Ayton, in the effort to get better. That brings me to the politics part of this It's Not Personal, It's Politics segment. Imagine if the two major political parties could make trades. Say the Republicans had a centrist who wanted to run for Maricopa County attorney. An office, let's say the Democrats didn't believe they had a winning candidate for. And the Democrats had a rural problem solver who wasn't especially comfortable with the party's platform on an issue that would fall into a so-called culture war category like DEI, but wasn't a bomb thrower about it. It might get a little complicated because one of those candidates may not especially want to be forced to join another party. He or she wants to make that call and not leave it up to party leadership. So like I said, it is complicated. But we hear so much about members of both parties who either choose to become independents or hang on to their party affiliations, either because of tradition or because they know they can help turn the ship around and transform it back to the party they grew up with. Pardon my cynicism, but that's an extended, arduous process, if it's even possible. Implementing a more transactional system would also make pre-primary season even more exciting, with speculation about which possible candidates could be on the trading block and on their way to a better fit and a potentially more successful political career. As the Suns spend the next few months trying to improve their lot by bringing players in and moving others out, who's to say our political system couldn't get better by attempting something similar, or at least in the same stratosphere? That is all for this edition of AZ Politicast. Thanks again to John Gabriel, editor-in-chief of Ricochet.com, for being my guest. AZ Politicast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please subscribe, rate, and review. And please share this with anyone you think may be interested. Also, send me suggestions for topics and guests, azpoliticast at gmail.com. That's again, azpoliticast at gmail.com. I'm Steve Goldstein. Thanks for listening to AZ Politicast.